Today's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 13, starting with verses 1 to 9. It's the parable of the sower. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, moving on to verses 16 to 23. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they qu quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Well, good morning everyone. I hope you're doing well today. I hope that you know that you are loved. It is a privilege to stand and look at all of your beautiful faces this morning. And I can't see the ones online, but I have no doubt that they are beautiful. And uh, it's, it's great to be able to dig into our new Faith Revealed series, looking at the theme of Don't Miss Out. Now, I am the youngest of four sisters. 
and my sisters are four, ten, and twelve years older than me. And as a child and a teenager, I was desperate to be grown up. And I always hankered after the next thing, and I wanted to be just like my sisters. I'm going to have to hold my papers because they're bent wrong and they won't stand on the stand. <laughs> so rather than stress about that, I'm just going to hold them. If that's okay. Um, yeah, so I would always feel like I was missing out on something. When I'd be going to bed, they'd be going out for the evening, and it was so frustrating. When I was eight years old, my sister, who was 10 years older than me, had her 18th birthday party in a village hall. Now, this was the 80s, so helium balloons were not really a big thing. So what they'd done in this village hall was they'd filled a net full of regular balloons that had been strung up across the ceiling. And at midnight, these balloons were going to be let down across the dance floor. And it was going to be this magical cascade of fantasticness. Um, and the partygoers were just going to revel in these excellent balloons. Or at least that's how my eight-year-old self saw it. And sure enough, at midnight, they let the balloons down. They went all over the dance floor, and everyone had the best time of their lives ever. At least that's what I assume happened, because I'd fallen asleep about an hour beforehand on some chairs, and I didn't wake up, or at least you can imagine, right? Oh, she's asleep, we'll leave her. No. I'm eight years old, the best thing in the world is these balloons that are going to come down, and they wake me up as they're putting the bin bags in the car, and I was absolutely devastated, you can imagine, right? I still feel sad for that little girl, because she missed out on the best night of her life at eight years old. I wonder if you can think of a time when you've ever had that sense of missing out on something amazing. Well, if you can, hold on to those feelings, because in our passage today, Jesus is talking to us about something that way more exciting than a net full of balloons that we can be in danger of missing out on if we're not careful. But before we start, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we don't want to miss out on even one second of what you have for us in our lives. And Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would speak to us through your words this morning and that we might get just a small glimpse of what it means to live life in the fullest as you intended for us to live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Jesus spoke in parables a lot, as you know, and I suspect that um, the language of Scripture would have been a little bit inaccessible for your everyday people on the shores of Galilee, where he was preaching. And uh, so he had this amazing skill of turning um, ordinary and recognizable stories about everyday life into spiritual teaching, such as using planting and harvesting. Now, it's generally understood that this parable um, of the sower was Jesus' first parable that he was speaking to everyday people about, and it kind of sets the framework for understanding the other parables and for all of his general teaching. But what 
does this parable suggest that we are at the risk of missing out on? So Jesus describes a farmer sowing seeds and explains that this is a metaphor for his teaching about the secrets of the kingdom. So specifically here, he means his words. So they're the ones that he shared in person, face to face, and the ones that we read quite often in red in our Bibles. You might have one of those Bibles where Jesus' words is highlighted in red. How privileged are we to be able to read Jesus' words in this way? So the seeds in this parable are Jesus' words and teachings about the secrets of the kingdom. So when we read the parables, we can see that these secrets of the kingdom are talking about what God is like, what heaven is like, what eternity will be like, what judgment will be like, important fundamental and life-changing things that I think probably we all wonder about at some point in our lives. These things can feel mysterious and a bit like secrets, but actually Jesus is saying, listen closely because I have got the answers to share with you. Jesus goes on to explain some ways in which we can miss out on hearing his teaching. So the first way he describes as being like a path. Seeds fall on the ground and the birds come and eat it. So this is like us hearing Jesus' teaching, um, whether that's something we read or we, we hear in church or we read in our own private study, and we don't understand it. It gets snatched away by the enemy And I think the key here is in that word, understanding. Sometimes we don't understand what we hear from God because it's confusing or difficult or uncomfortable or it feels like it cuts against the faith we inherited or our values. So rather than dig deeper, we dismiss it and it feels a bit too difficult. So sometimes maybe we can't be bothered. Um, We don't put in the time, the hard work of understanding. And the enemy will swoop in at that point and distract us, tell us it's not worth bothering, capitalize on our laziness and lack of self-control, and the seed is gone. The second way we can miss out on Jesus' teaching, he describes as being like seeds falling on rocky ground. We initially get on board with it, but it doesn't go any deeper than that. Some kind of trouble comes along and it's all gone. I think this is probably about our frailty as humans, how we can be so easily derailed by our circumstances. I can definitely relate to that many, many times in my life. Things are going good, something comes up, all my good intentions around studying, praying, reading the Bible, go out the window. Our steadfastness is not certain. And the question is, how can we super glue ourselves to what we know about God and make those roots and give them the opportunity to go down deeper? The third way that Jesus says that we're at risk of missing out on his teachings is described like being thorns. So it's like we hear and understand Jesus. 
Jesus is teaching, but we become overwhelmed by thorns. And in this parable, Jesus describes those thorns in two different ways. One, as the worries and stress of life. Now, that's not to take anything away from genuine worries and stress. They can be overwhelming. But when they start to take us over and they get a higher place in our time spent thinking and our time spent um, doing and responding, then they start to dominate and we start to lose that sense of what God is saying and doing. And the second type of thorns is the pull of worldly things. And I think probably in some respects these are the most insidious because they are the things that society tells us are okay to, to focus on. And that can be like those things that we make idols in our lives, and maybe that's money or success, or it could be just pleasure and hedonism. Jesus says that these things will choke the life out of the work of God in our lives. Because without oxygen, there can be no life. And once these kinds of thorns get a grip on the work of God in our lives, it gets squeezed out. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief, meaning the enemy, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they, and that means us too, may have life and have it to the full. So how do we make sure that we don't miss out on what Jesus wants to say to us in our lives and in receiving that life in all its fullness. Jesus goes on to describe the good soil. And that represents the person who hears his teaching, understand it, and then it multiplies in their life and they go on to produce a crop. And Jesus describes it as yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. That certainly sounds like something I want for my life, and I'm sure it does for you too. Now, if you've ever grown anything successfully, then you know that for soil to be good, it must be dug over, fertilized, and watered to be a place of good growth. Now, I expect looking around the room that at times, all of us, or at least most of us, have been good soil. We can point to times in our memories where we think, I really heard God speaking there. I was in a good place spiritually. I took on board those teachings. They materially changed the way I live my life. And I can definitely think back to those times in my own life. But just as the soil has to be continually tended to season by season, we need to put in the time to prepare ourselves season by season. And this is what Jesus describes repeatedly in the Bible as having ears to hear. Being, in a, Christi being a Christian in itself doesn't equal good soil just in the same way that owning a garden doesn't mean a beautiful garden. So how do we prepare ourselves 
to be teachable and humble servants of Jesus who are ready to listen and can understand his words. Well, church is a great place to start. We can come together, we can learn, we can share experiences with one another. The book of Hebrews talks about how meeting together in church stirs us up to do good works and helps us not to sin. But if we only eat a healthy meal once a month or once a fortnight or even once a week or twice a week, it doesn't in itself equal a healthy life. So our church attendance doesn't in itself substitute our day-to-day practices. So I want to offer you three things that we can do to make our hearts and minds as receptive to Jesus' teachings as possible. And that is to dig, to feed, and to water. So firstly, to dig. I quite often, when I'm speaking at the front here, talk about our need for self-awareness and to take personal responsibility for our Christian journey. I believe that getting to know ourselves well, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly, is probably the single biggest thing that we can actively do to help in our relationship with God. Knowing how we are sometimes resistant to God is so important. So digging is about unsettling the soil. Looking at ourselves honestly, thinking critically, asking questions, challenging what we hear and read, and not being afraid to be challenged. Researching difficult topics and being prepared for there not to be clear answers. And this is particularly important when we engage with the Bible. We need to think about who of any given passage was written to, what the context of it was, the type of information being shared. Let's not be spiritually passive and happy to let other people do the hard work and tell us what to think. They might not have got it right. We need to actively seek understanding. Digging is hard work, and we can expect it to not be easy. But it is the way to create the conditions for growth. So firstly, we need to unsettle the ground and dig. Secondly, we need to feed and fertilize our faith. This will be individual to all of us. We've got different personalities, we've got different lives, we've got different capacities, and we need to make the effort to find the ways that are going to work for us. How do we feed our faith? Some ideas. This could be daily Bible readings, either in paper form, online, things you listen to, podcasts, online sermons, books, courses, worship music, meeting to pray with others online or face-to-face, Bible studies, life groups. How are you regularly feeding your faith? Maybe it's time to shake it up 
and do some new things. I can't tell you, but God can, so ask him to show you. The third and final way that we can prepare the soil of our hearts and minds is to water it with the Holy Spirit. We need to remember that we are not alone in this journey through life. John 14, 26 says, this is Jesus speaking, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We do the digging and we choose the food but the Holy Spirit waters what we have learnt and makes it grow in our lives. The last time I spoke here, I talked about how we can create a spiritual culture by saying yes to the Spirit each day and tying that prayer to simple things that we do every morning. When we are regularly welcoming the Spirit into our day, and then practicing those daily feeding of our faith, then we will have the help that we need to interpret scripture, to hear God's voice, and his teachings will be planted in healthy soil that is ready for growth. Perhaps the band would like to come back as we draw to a time of response. Do you feel like you're missing out? Do you have a sense that there is more God wants to do in your life, but the ground just maybe isn't up to it yet? Perhaps it's patchy, or there's some areas that you just know you haven't tended to in a while. As we respond, why don't you just take a minute to think honestly about what you could be missing out on, what, what, be might, what might be making you miss out. Perhaps you're easily distracted or you're listening to the whispers of the enemy who's trying to steal away what God is doing. Maybe circumstances keep derailing you and it feels like the waves just keep hitting. Or fears and worries are choking the life from your faith. Perhaps there are sins or addictions that have got a grip on you and it feels like they're strangling your faith. Just acknowledge that to God now, honestly, in the quietness of your own heart and mind just ask humbly for his forgiveness and help. Maybe you really want to work on the quality of the soil of your heart and mind. There might be digging, feeding, or watering to do. Well, what's fabulous is that the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. So we can just start right now. We can ask the Holy Spirit for help and then just say thank you in faith that you've received it. If anyone would like prayer for any of these things or anything else, then I'm here, Gillian's here, Alan's here. Please come and find us afterwards. But let's just pray to close.
Jesus, we long to live life in all its fullness. And we long to see that abundance in our families, our workplaces, and our communities. Thank you that we have your words which can show us what we need to do. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we're not doing it on our own and that when we turn to you, we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in us. Holy Spirit, please help us. Water the things that God has been saying to us this morning and make them grow. In the name of Jesus. Amen.